Derek. Thank you, Nick. Pastor Nick. Thank you, Pastor Derek. God, God is just huge. Amen. Like, he, he is always 25 steps ahead of us. And sometimes we just got to listen and lean in, like Nick said, lean in and be obedient. And even Misty shared this morning, if you, if you weren't here, um, I'm, I'm not going to call you out, but when a pastor says, if you weren't here, that's kind of code for you were late to service. But if uh, you weren't here this morning at the very beginning and you didn't get to hear uh, Misty Tyson give her testimony of what God is doing in the Middle East through her in the field of um, ridding the planet of sex trafficking, uh, that testimony was amazing. And if you can go see her after the service out in the lobby, she's got a booth out there, uh, you can go check her out. And then what Nick, Pastor Nick just shared, both of those testimonies go right into what we're going to talk about today. It's right in the wheelhouse of what we are about uh, to, to speak on today, what God has for us this morning. And so I, I want to invite you to do something with me this morning. I want to invite you to lean in. Listen to the Holy Spirit this morning. Because we have began this, this series on calling. What does it mean to be called by God to do something? And church, let me tell you this morning, I want to I give you a, a little secret, okay? This is a secret. I'm only going to share it with y'all and the thousands listening online and the thousands that may listen to it later online. So just them, though. That's it. Nobody else. And so, so just kind of lean in real quick. I want to tell you this secret. If you're breathing this morning... God is calling you to do something, to go somewhere, to be something. And so this, this series is for each one of you. You may be sitting there this morning in one of these chairs or online, and you may think to yourself, well, I'm not really called to do anything. I just work at Burger King. I got news for you. God is calling. You may be sitting here this morning, you go, I, I, just, I, I just work at a factory, Pastor Mike. I, I just put pieces together, and, 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 and I'm on assembly line. I do the same thing every day, all day, every day, all day. Guess what? God is calling. There is something specific that God has for you to do on this planet. And Pastor Kelly set us up last week uh, really good. I mean, she said, she said it on a tee for us. Boom, we knock it out of the park now. She talks about this individual calling that each one of us has, that God has created you on purpose, for a purpose, specifically equipped and, and, and knitted you together in your mother's womb, and he knew you before you were even born, and he put you together for a reason. There is some reason you are still breathing today. Whether you're the youngest person in the room or the oldest person in the room, if you're still breathing, God is still calling. And so as we continue this journey to, to look at what it means to be called by God, I, I want to I share a story with you this morning. How many of you have, have ever seen the movie Sister Act 2? I'm dating myself now. I'm, I may look 27, but I'm not. But there's this movie out there called Sister Act 2, and Whoopi Goldberg is the star of it. And you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. It's amazing. It's about a convict who, who ends up in a, a convent. 
And she's, she's running around with a bunch of nuns. And in the first movie, she, she creates a, a choir out of, the, out of the nuns. And in the second movie, she becomes a teacher in this, in this Catholic school. And she relaunches their, their uh, student choir. And, and there's, there's this moment in the story where one of her students, who's played by Lauren Hill, uh, very, very young Lauren Hill. And if you know who Lauren Hill is, awesome. If you don't, don't worry about it. Um, and so... There, there's this moment where this student played by Lauren Hill doesn't, she really wants to be in the choir, but her mom doesn't want her to be in the choir. And, and so she's got this internal struggle. What do I do? What do I do? Do I honor my mother? Do I go after my, my passion? What do I do? And, and she's sitting in the, the sanctuary with another, another student, and they begin to sing, your eye is on the sparrow, and it's beautiful. And one of the nuns sees her, and she takes off running. And then one of the nuns goes to Whoopi Goldberg and says, she really can sing. And so Whoopi goes to her and she meets her on the street. And she, and she, she says, I, I want to tell you something, girl. She said, when I was your age, I wanted to be in the ice capades. And she kind of laughs. And she said, don't laugh. The ice capades were cool. <laughs> but she says, I want to tell you this. If you wake up in the morning and all you can think about is singing, and you go to bed at night and all you can think about is singing. You are a singer, girl. And I want to tell you something this morning. God has put something in you. In you. It's this burning desire, this, this fire that's, that's in the inner being of you. When you think about it, it makes you excited. When you do it, it breathes wind into your sail. It's this thing that God has put in you. And that thing, we have a word for it. It's called passion. So on the road to calling, there is something in your life that you are passionate about, that is in the core of your being, that when you do it, it gives you breath. That's, that's preaching for me. People often say, well, how, how do you preach? You do two, three messages a day, how, three a week, four a week. What, how do you continue to preach? How do you come up with things? Listen, church, I'll give you a secret again. I am terrified before I get up here. I, I shake. I get nervous. The weight of the word of God on me, I'm terrified. I didn't sleep last night. I rolled in my bed because I wasn't sure even like how this message was going to go. Like there's this weight about it to me. There's this, there's this thing in my soul that stirs. But when I get up here and I begin to preach and the Holy Spirit does his thing and, and God shows up in a big way, it puts wind on my cell. And I could preach all day, every day. And you're like, well, Pastor Mike, we need to get out of here in an hour. But <clears throat> I can do this because God has given me this passion, this burning desire in me that this is what he has called me to do. And I'm passionate passionate about the Word of God, getting out to the people of God in a way that they can understand it. And so I'm passionate about that. Church, you are passionate about something that God has put in you. Now, I know some of you are sitting out there, you're thinking, well, I'm not passionate about anything, Pastor Mike. Let me tell you, that's impossible. You know why it's impossible? It's pretty simple. You were created in the image of God. If you are created, if you're breathing, everybody take a breath. <gasps> take a deep breath. You're here. You're breathing. Check the person next to you if they didn't breathe. Let's make sure they're still alive. 
If you're here and you're breathing, you were created in the image of the creator God. That's good news, church. You were created in the image of God. No matter what you think about your self-worth, your value comes from the fact that you were created in the image of God. And if you're created in the image of God, you have something in you that you're passionate about. Guess why? Because God is passionate. God is a passionate God. God passionately pursues people. God passionately gave up of his son. God passionately created the earth. God passionately spoke and things became existence. Because of that, you have something inside of you that you're passionate about. The reason why you say you're not passionate is because you're not connected yet. And we're going to talk about that here in a second. How do you reclaim your passion? Passion doesn't necessarily lead to a vocation. See, I think some of us get our vocation tied up and confused with passion. Now, sometimes it does. Sometimes, they're, they're, I've met people who are passionate about being an electrician. I'm not. I am deathly scared of electricity. I'm not, I'm not going to mess with it. Anything, I got a hard and fast rule. If it can kill me, I don't mess with it. That's why I only go to the ocean about this far. But some people are. So some people's vocation and their passion line up. But some people it doesn't. Passion does not equate in a vocation. Some of you guys are working in a great job and you got a great thing going on, but you're not very passionate about it. And that's okay. But God does have a passion in you that he put there to use for the kingdom. We just got to reconnect to what that is. You see, some of you guys work in the sales field, and you're really good at it. The passion that God put inside you may be just to connect with people. You're really good at connecting with people. Some of you guys create things with your hands. And that may be your, 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 your job, your vocation, but your passion is just to create. And we got to connect that to the kingdom. And so that's what we're going to talk about for a little bit this morning. How many of you guys know that we call Easter week the Passion Week? The Passion Week. You ever heard that term? Years ago, Mel Gibson put out the movie The Passion of the Christ, right? That was all about the Passion Week leading up to the moment in which Jesus gave up his life. The reason why that's called the Passion Week <clears throat> is this. The word passion comes from the Latin word passio, and passio is translated suffering. So the actual translation of the week of passion is the week of suffering. And so Jesus suffered for a week leading up to the moment in which he gave up his life. But church, here's the deal. He was passionate about it. Nothing could stop Jesus from going to where he knew he had to go, knowing where the God, where God had, the Father had called him to go. Because we see it in the New Testament all over the place. His friends tried to stop him, right? Remember the disciples, especially Peter's like, no, Lord, you can't go do that. And Jesus literally says to him, get behind me, Satan. I'm going where God has called me because I'm passionate about it. And then, and then the teachers of the law try to stop him, right? They say, oh, we're, we're just going to kill him. Not knowing that that's literally where he was headed. 
All these things. The crowd tried to stop him. Remember when he did, when he, when he, when he drew the demons out of the, out of the man and put them into the pig and they ran off the cliff. And then all of a sudden the people blamed Jesus because they just lost all this food and all this livestock. And, and, and they gathered around him to kill him. And then Jesus walks right down the middle of him and says, you won't touch me today. I'm passionate about where I'm going. Jesus had this passion. That's the passion week. But here's the deal, church. If you're serious about your calling, God has put a passion in your life. But that passion is going to equal some sort of suffering. And if we're not ready to suffer for God by pursuing God and pursuing people, we're not ready to be called. There's going to come a time when your passion is going to cost you something. So I want to look, if you've got your Bibles, your phones, your, your device, whatever you got, you can turn to the book of Romans. Romans 12. Romans 12, while you turn in there, I, I think we, it's time for us, church, to reclaim this word passion. Because it is a biblical word. It's, it's in the Bible quite a few times. We, see, see, nowadays, we, we, especially in, in our culture here in North America, we equate passion with, with, with sexual desire. We've allowed the world, the world to claim that word as its own. When in reality, it, it really means suffering. It means to go after. It means burning fire. And so for us to reclaim that word to say, you know what, I'm going to passionately follow Christ. I'm going to passionately go after God. I'm going to passionately love people. That's what it takes to walk in your calling. And in Romans 12, I want to read a couple things for us today. Romans 1, or 12, 1 says this, and so... Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let us be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. I ask you a question this morning. Where does our passion come from? Where does this desire, this passion come from? The scripture in Romans says that your living sacrifice, your holy and pleasing sacrifice, the way you worship God should come from the idea of all that he has done for us. So our passion comes from the ideas that all, what has God done for us? Think about that for a second. Go all the way back to Genesis. First part of Genesis, it says that God created man out of the dust. He formed him together. And then what did he do? He breathed the breath of life into his lungs. Again, if you're sitting here this morning and you're breathing... That is the breath of God in your lungs. The creator of everything created you 
breathe life into you. And supply this passion inside of you. It comes from the idea of understanding what all God has done for us. Because in order to have passion that comes out in the world and, and, and helps the kingdom grow, we first have to be passionate about connecting and reconnecting with the creator of everything. And it says in Romans 12 that we are to be living sacrifices. How many of you guys understand that the word sacrifice costs something? You can't be a sacrifice without suffering. Suffering equates passion. For us to connect with what this passion is, if you're sitting here this morning, you don't understand that you have a passion. You're like, Pastor Mike, I'm not sure what my passion is. Then you need to reconnect with the creator of everything because he is a passionate, loving God. And because you're created in his image, if you reconnect with him and become a living sacrifice for him and think about all the things he has done for you, you will rekindle this passion inside of you that he created you with in the first place. Where does your passion come from? It comes from a daily connection to the creator who has done things for us. Things that we couldn't do on our own. God passionately gave of the son Jesus to die for us. God passionately gives the Holy Spirit to the believer. Remember when Jesus was talking to the disciples and they're like, you can't go, I'm going to go with you. And he says, I have to go. Because Jesus was fully man, he was bound by humanity, the, human, the humanity of his body, so he couldn't be everywhere all at once all the time. So he said, guess what? I'm going to go, and I'm going to send my spirit to you, which can be everywhere all the time with you all the time. He passionately gives of his spirit. The things that God does for us points to his passion. We're created in the image of a passionate God. So if we connect and reconnect on a daily basis with the creator, we will rekindle our passion and become living sacrifices. One of the ways you can do that, one of the ways we're doing it here at Christ Community Church is through the Lectio 365 app. If you haven't downloaded that app, I will encourage you to do so right now. Or after the service, whatever's most convenient. If you don't know how, it's Lectio, L-E-T-R, L-E-C-T-I-O, 365. That's the name of the app. It is a daily conversation between you and God. It's really, really cool. You can have it play. It will read it to you. You can read it yourself. There's reflection. There's word. There's prayer. It's such a great way. I've used it, I've used it the last few weeks, and, man, I, I've seen my devotion time go upward because I'm, I'm purposely and intentionally saying I'm setting this time aside to connect with the Creator. And when we do that, we rekindle our passion. So not only where, where does your passion come from, but what is your passion producing? Romans 12, 9 and 10 says, don't just pretend to love others. <laughs> we can stop there. <laughs> this is hard for me. I'm going to be honest. There's some people I just want to run them off the road. I'm like, if you can't drive in the rain, just stay home, right? 
This is hard for me. And then I, I pass them, and I'm like, But the word says we are not to just pretend like we love people. It says really (laughs) love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Notice it doesn't say hate the people who are wrong. Mm. It says hate what, not who, hate what is wrong. But love people. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Passion will produce a greater love for God, but it will also produce a greater love for people. Because that's who God is. God is a passionate God who pursues people passionately. Even in the suffering, even in the hard times, even in the pain that comes with passion, he pursues us in such a way that he loves us regardless of who we are, what we do. The word of God says that yet we were sinners. While we were a long way off, God still died for us. So what is your passion producing? You see, there's a lot of people out there that are passionate about things that aren't producing good things. There's passion that can be misdirected. There's passion that can be misused. But as kingdom people, as Christ followers, our passion should be producing love. Our passion should be producing disciples. Our passion should be producing that the, the, fact, the idea that we want to spend more time with God. Our passion should be producing people who will go. What is your passion producing? You might have a passion for knitting. I don't get it, but you might have that passion. What is your passion producing? Are you making gloves for the homeless? Because that would be amazing. You might have a passion for playing video games. I know parents, you can close your ears right now. <laughs> What's your passion producing when you're doing that? Is it negative? Is it positive? Is it kingdom building? And then thirdly, the next question we see here is this. What is your pa- where is your passion taking you? Romans 12, 11 says this, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Let me stop for a second time out. I'm going to say this. This scripture by saying never be lazy does not mean you cannot take a Sabbath. If you go the opposite where you're a workaholic and you never take time off to be with yourself, with your family, with God, that's also not, not healthy. But it's saying, don't be lazy, work hard, serve the Lord enthusiastically. That word enthusiastically there actually literally translates with passion. It says, never stop serving God. Be passionate about the way you serve God. Where is your passion taking you? Is it taking you in the kingdom direction or the world direction? Is it taking you loving people direction or hating the world direction, hating people direction? 
So where is your passion that's inside of you taking you? Once you've reconnected with God and rekindled that passion, once you get to the point where your, your passion is producing kingdom results, where is it taking you? It wouldn't be any good if we created the greatest art ever created on the planet and put it in a storage shed somewhere. God talks about that in Matthew, right? Or Jesus talks about that in Matthew. He says, why would you light a lamp and put it underneath the basket? We even got like a children's song about that, right? Like, don't let Satan it out. Where is your passion taking you? This morning we have this amazing opportunity. The band is going to come back up here in a second. And today's response is going to be this. We're going to remember the most passionate moment in the history of all humanity. It's when Jesus passionately walked the road to the cross, giving up of himself as a literal living sacrifice. So that we can receive the Holy Spirit and be saved throughout all of eternity and be passionate people who pursue God and love people. We're going to do communion today. I'm going to give us a few moments just to sit and reflect. Reflect on the three questions that we talked about this morning. But also, if you're in here this morning and, and, and you feel that you haven't never taken communion, I encourage you to do so as an act of saying, I want to follow Jesus. I, want to, I believe Jesus is who he says he is. He is the salvation of the world. He's the son of God. He died for my sins. If that's you this morning, feel free to take communion. Here at Christ Community Church, we're Free Methodist Church. We practice open communion, which means anyone who is a professing believer in Jesus Christ can come and take at the table with us. But as we reflect, where is your passion? Maybe this moment of communion with Jesus rekindles that passion. Ask God to show you the passionate love he has for you. And may it translate into passionate love for people in your world. I'm just going to give us about 30 seconds to reflect.